Welcome to the Do Loss Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Welcome back and thank you for joining us again for episode three of our Digging Deeper podcast. I am Matt Cameron and I'm joined once again by Cole Miller. You can find him on Twitter or Instagram at Cole Miller with two R's. Right? That's true, but so, I don't think anyone wants to follow me. They might. Okay. They might want to just follow an account that never posts. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Cole, as we get going today, I thought we could play a little game. And uh, you ever played Heads Up on your phone before? Uh, I've played it on my wife's phone, not okay, my well, own. I just downloaded it right before we came here because I wanted to play this game with you. <laughs> Now, the, the subject we're going with, category, that's what I'm looking for. The category we're going with is Animals Gone Wild. All right? Are you ready for that? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, but so I'm ready. We're going to go run, one round apiece. Whoever gets the most guesses the most from the other person's clues. Okay. They win. Okay. Okay? So, here we go. I, I, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember how to play. All right. So you got to just tell me what they are. But without saying the war. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to place it on my forehead. Here yes. we go. Okay. It's under the. It's a Little Mermaid song under the. Sea. Sea and, urchin. Yep. Um, why am I. It's a case, a type of case. What? Okay. A case? Yeah. It delivers babies. Penguin. No. Stork. Not a stork. Then it's not what you're trying to say. They make these cases. Crane? No. What? What? Pelican. Yes. That does not deliver babies. All right. They run around in trees and eat nuts. Squirrels. Yep. <laughs> Mike's favorite animal. Manatee. <laughs> uh, a king. Crab. No. Keep going, though. You Cobra. Have, yep. You have this kind of eye. Blue. Black. No. It's an animal. <laughs> this kind of eye? Yeah. An animal? It's a superhero, too, in Marvel. Hawkeye. Yes. What did you just say? Okay. I, you, know, you are the worst at giving clues. You know, I was processing here. Good grief. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, six. All right. Here we go. So all you got to do is swipe up from where it says swipe up, and we're ready to go. Okay, get ready. Three, two, one. Uh, runs around in the little wheel in its cage. Uh, hamster. Yep. Gerbil. Okay. Uh, from Tina from Napoleon Dynamite. A uh, pig? Eat your ham, you fat lard. Lard pig. Uh... They're, it's not an emu. It's a llama? Yes. <laughs> uh, pink pink meat Panther. fish. Uh, like when you eat fish and it's pink. Like a, it's, it's actually a color. Raw? Yeah, salmon. There you go. Okay, here you go. Okay. A, uh, it's, a, it's like a beaver, but it like swims in the rivers and the streams. An otter? Yes. White... Uh, drinks cokes in the in the winter. Oh, a polar bear. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, big front teeth. Choose trees. Donkey. Horse. <laughs> I, I don't know. What? <laughs> I just thought big front teeth. Big front teeth that choose trees as a donkey? How many did you get? I got five. I won. It I just, got six. When it's I a play, beaver. When I Cole. play a game like that, I just feel very ignorant. <laughs> so, Cole, you're not very good at heads up? No, I'm not. Yeah? You like games like that? No, I'd rather play Xbox. <laughs> rather play Xbox. All right. Well, let's get into the text. We got into a new chapter in Ephesians yeah. this past Sunday, Ephesians chapter 2. Give us a quick summary of your sermon, and then we'll jump in. Yeah, uh, my sermon was pretty much all about the fact that you were dead. Before Jesus, before you were in Christ, before you were defined by Jesus, you were dead. But more than being dead, you are now alive good. in Jesus, yeah. and which... I'm excited because next week you're preaching, yeah. and I, sorry if I'm overstepping, but yours is awesome too because it's this idea that you were lost, yeah. but more than lost, you're found. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's one of those things where a lot of times people look at Jesus and they think religion, right? Yeah. Like they think that God sent Jesus to make bad people good. Yeah. He didn't. No. He, he sent Jesus to make dead people alive. Yeah. And that's why I love the prodigal son where you have this story where the prodigal son says to his dad, I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance. And yet when he returns back home, what's the father say? This son of mine who was once dead. Who was dead is now alive, alive was and lost, lost and now, is now is, found. Yeah, it's and it's just, it's just this powerful story of the heart of the gospel mm-hmm. that outside of Jesus, we're dead. But with Jesus, we don't experience death. Like literally what the Bible teaches us is that when we die on earth, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we immediately go into the presence of Jesus. Yeah. Like it's the coolest thing yeah. in the world. So when Jesus actually prayed in John 17, three, he said, for this is eternal life that they know Jesus, know you, mm-hmm. me, uh, the one whom you sent. So Jesus defines what eternal life is for us, where it's not some future expectation of, Hey, one day we're going to get to heaven and you're going to experience eternal life. No, once you put your hope and faith in Jesus, you're already an eternal being. Like, we're here. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that is red. So where Paul moves to in Ephesians 2 is, yes, this idea of dead to alive, but he talks about how that happens. Yep. So is this done by our works or is it done by something else? I'm leading you into yeah, it. Yeah, it's on. definitely not done by our works. It's right there, right? Two, starting in verse 8. For by grace yeah. you have been saved. And then it goes on to say, not by your own works, not so that no man may boast. Yeah. But it's all on Jesus and the grace that he gives us. Yeah, and I, I think this is, this is so important for us to understand because it's literally what separates Christianity from every other religion. Yeah. Because every other religion, it is all based upon what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've told the story many times, the Billy Graham quote, where... Uh, someone came up to Billy Graham and asked him, what's the difference between Christianity and all the other religions? And he goes, well, it's a spelling 
or well, it's it's spelling. Yeah. And they looked down like what? And he goes, yeah. All other religions are spelled D O, and Christianity's four letters. It's spelled D O N E. And I just think that's so cool. It's an easy story to remember, but it's this this passage mm-hmm. where it's not about what we do, but what's been done for us. So let's talk about grace. Okay. Okay. Why is grace so important when it comes to our relationship with God? I think it's important in several, like, like we were saying, we were dead and now we are alive. Without grace, you don't have that. What, what grace is, to put it, to oversimplify it, yeah. is grace is a gift that you don't deserve. Yep. So we didn't deserve to be made alive, but because of grace, we got this gift that we don't deserve, Jesus, and so we're made alive. But, but more than just taking us from dead to alive, why grace is so important for us as Christians is... I don't know about you, but I've been a Christian for years and I've sinned still. You know what I mean? Like I've made a mistake since being baptized. Without grace, I I couldn't be saved anymore, right? Like without grace, I would just go back to being a sinner. I would lose my identity as forgiven and made alive in Jesus. That's why grace is so important because when we make mistakes, grace still gives us the forgiveness of Jesus, that free gift. Yeah, so every other religion is merit-based. So it's what you deserve. Yeah. Where grace is, this is what you get when you don't deserve it. It's a gift. Yeah. It's Romans 6, 23. It's the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So when when we talk about this, the question always presents itself, well what's the point of stopping sinning, right? <laughs> Romans 6. Like, yeah. why, why would I choose to try to live for Jesus if he's just going to give me grace that covers over all my sin, right? Yeah. I'll say it like Paul says it in Romans 6.1. Shall we continue sitting so that grace may increase? Yeah. What? By no means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give us the Greek. Have yeah. fun with it. Oh, Come God. on. Oh, I'll give it Meganoita? to you. Meganoita. Meganoita. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. It's, the, it's this absolutely not. It's this declarative yeah. statement that's almost a swear word. It's so strong. Yeah. Like when Paul says it, he's like, you've missed the point completely. Mm-hmm. So when, when someone looks at it, you just said it, like we, we, we understand grace is important because we still sin. But there's this group of people that go, well, since grace is so great, what's the point of even trying to stop sinning? Because Jesus has saved me. I've already been saved from my sins, past, present, and future. So why should I even worry about it? Why should I even care to get any better? Yeah, I mean, I think that that answer, uh, Paul develops it right in Romans 6, where he says, should grace, you know, and he says, by no means, we'll get there. And then he gives you a couple reasons. He says, number one, that's not who you are anymore. Remember, when you were baptized and you you died to your old way of life, you are no longer a sinner. Now you're made alive in Jesus. So what we have to understand, why shouldn't we just keep on sinning so that grace may abound? Because that's not who you are anymore. You're not dead. Dead people sin. You're not a sinner. You are holy. You are saved. You're made alive. And so, no, that's not who you are. And, and I think that's where people lose it and they don't understand. You know, it's the, it's the idea of, of 1 Corinthians 6, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everything is permissible for me. 
but not everything's beneficial. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Paul goes on from that. I think that's uh, 18 or something like that. But he says, he says it again. He repeats it. He says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. Yeah. And then he goes, food for the stomach, stomach for food. And it's, he's using all these phrases that people in their culture say to try to excuse the fact that they're sinning. Yeah. And then he goes on in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, where he says, do you not know that you were bought at a price? Therefore, honor God with your body. Which, if, if I'm continuing, that leads me back to Romans 6, because I think that when we think that we can just play around with sin, then we don't know how serious sin is. Exactly. Which, in Romans 6, is why Paul goes on to say, hey, by the way, he uses really strong language here. He says, you were enslaved. You, yeah. were, you were in slavery to your sin. You were a captive. You had no freedom. Yep. And you had no future, but Jesus redeemed you, yeah. which is, is where you're going. Yes. He, he set you free. Yeah. So why, why shouldn't I just keep on sinning? Do you want to go back to being enslaved? Yes. You know, and yeah. that's, that's Paul's point. And, no. And why Paul says it, the, the term he uses, the terminology redeem is yeah. a slave term. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it was literally that um, it was the term they would use when a slave would come out on the auction block and they'd have these slave auctions and it'd be, they're going, hey, how much is this one worth? And Jesus says, I will tell you how much these slaves, are sin, uh, slaves to sin are worth. I will give my life for them. Yeah. And when he redeemed us, he bought us back and brought us out of the dominion of darkness into yeah. his marvelous light. Like, this is so huge. Yeah, like, it is this, massive. This is such an important yeah. part of Scripture and such an important, really, doctrine for us to understand. Yeah, and, and it's, it's hard to say this, but if someone says, well, why shouldn't I just keep on sinning, then, then they don't know who Jesus is and yeah. they don't really know what sin is. Yeah. And, and your passage, Ephesians 2, 1 through yep. 10, is a perfect um, explanation of that for us. Yeah. Because it doesn't talk about the bad side, like the sins of commission, like I did this on purpose and I went and committed a sin. That's the commission. It's the sins of omission, right? It's the things that I'm not doing that I should be doing, the, the, the James 1 talk again. So... What Paul says here is he says, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. You didn't deserve it. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. So when Paul talks in Ephesians chapter 2 about the role works play, he's saying prior to salvation, works don't matter. Right? Yeah. So we don't work for salvation but that doesn't mean a Christian doesn't have works. The, the way I like to say it is we don't work for salvation, we work from salvation. Yeah. So because Jesus saved us, because we understand he redeemed us, what that does for us as believers is it causes us to do good works, which is Ephesians 2.10. Yeah, which, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's Ephesians 2.10. So the answer to the question is, okay, why, if, if we have grace, why shouldn't I, should I just keep on sinning? No, because you have grace, you should continue to do the good works that God has called yeah. you to do. That's the answer. Yeah. And the purpose of grace, according to Ephesians 2.10. And, and it's also a reflection of what's inside of you, right? Mm. So 
the seed that God gave you, Ephesians 1 again, mm-hmm. right? The seal, yeah. the, the Holy Spirit oh, yeah. that's guaranteeing your inheritance. He talks about that in Ephesians 1, that we get the Holy Spirit. But Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yeah. So the seed that was planted is the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit come because the Spirit's inside of us. And that we've done the things that we need to do to nurture it, to water it, and to make it grow. And then the fruits of the Spirit come out. But if you read the earlier part in Galatians 5, it actually talks about how the, the, the works of the flesh. And it talks about all these sins, yep. right? All these things that you do. Because if that's what's inside of you, that's what's going to come out. Yep. But if the Spirit is inside of you, good works are going to come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, nice. goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? <laughs> Do you have a song for I, that? I forgot gentleness. <laughs> Do you Man, have a song? I yeah. always get gentleness and forget it. And you know what? Like, that's so fitting for me. Why yeah. do I always forget gentleness? <laughs> I've got to get better at it. But the, this crucial understanding for us is that there's nothing you and I can do to earn our salvation. And what a blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. You can't do anything to earn it, but let's get a little deep, okay? Is there anything we can do to lose it? Salvation specifically? Yeah. No. Yeah. And this is one of those hard things to talk about, right? Yeah, it is. Like, the, the reality is that there's people that go around thinking, like you said just a minute ago, yeah. like, oh, crap. Well, I just said crap. Yeah. You know, did I lose my salvation? Yeah. If I don't, if I don't yeah. ask for forgiveness for this sin and I die on my way home, am I going to go to hell? Yeah. What do you say to someone like that? I mean, I think that they're dis- they don't believe in grace or they don't know what it is, right? Like, yeah. when you sin as a Christian, let me, let me preface it like that. When you sin as a Christian, you shouldn't just fear losing your salvation because that's where grace comes in the free gift. And if we're going to backtrack just a little bit, we can go back to Ephesians 1, um, where it talks about the the riches of God's grace that he lavishes upon us. Those are rich words, right? That talks about, okay, you think you can outdo God, you can sin more than his grace? No, there's no way. In fact, he's rich of it. Not only rich of it, but he's lavishing it on you. Like you're covered in it. And so it's foolish for us to, to sit and think as Christians, uh, am, I, am, I still, am I still good with God? Yeah. No, the answer is aboundingly and overwhelmingly, yes, you are good with God because he loves you and you're given grace. And so you have no reason to fear for your salvation. Except you should work it out with fear and dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, but, it's that you're fearing that you're going to go to hell. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, you don't have to live in that fear. Yeah. Not, not with grace. But there is a role, or not a role, but there is a discussion that needs to be had. Yeah, where we talk about how um, there are people that, it, man, it sure seemed like they were saved. Yeah, like we shared those moments together at a camp or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah, and now they're an atheist. They say they never believed God. That they, you know, just believed things because their parents made them or something like that. Yeah, and that that's where it really gets tough. Does. Because no one, no one wants to be the one to condemn, condemn someone to hell, right? No one wants to go, hey, that person, they're a sinner. Um, you know, the, 
Adrian Rogers used to say that the faith that fizzles at the finish was faulty from the first. Mm. Okay. Great statement. But his point was that, like you said, if I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling, if I am created in Christ Jesus for good works, yeah. which God prepared beforehand that we should walk uh-huh. in them, mm-hmm. not just, hey, I got saved, but that God prepared the way for me to walk and to work this out, that, 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 that I'm going to do that. But it's like Jesus said with the four soils when we went, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yeah, the we did the parable series. thing. And there are three bad soils and only one that's good. Yep. And you have these people that spring up and man, it looks like everything's great. They look like, man, they're going to be a good tree that produces good fruit. And then life happens and they just shrivel up. So... I guess we're not trying to answer that these people weren't saved or are saved or any of that. But what I think is important for us to understand is biblically, you don't lose your salvation. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, no, have you, have you seen my salvation? Like, like I lost it. You got to find yeah, my salvation on yeah, your phone. Like, yeah. let me look it up and see if I can find it. That's there's, not, there's an app idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's not how it works. You don't just lose your salvation. But there is a, a principle that we see where someone shipwrecks their faith. And the Bible talks about Jesus is the one who said it, that there's this unforgivable sin, this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. John talks about it in 1 John, about this sin that leads to death. And we call these people apostates. It's Mm -hmm. the sin of apostasy. What's that mean? Apostasy is rejecting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's rejecting Jesus. Yeah, complete rejection. saying, Mm -hmm. Saying that he's not who he says he was, all these sort of things. And I will tell you personally, it's hard for me to believe that someone who says that now ever truly met Jesus in the first place. Mm. And so I don't want any of you to like be fearful and think, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die and go to hell. Um. If you've met Jesus, that's not going to be a desire of your heart. Yeah. Like, yes, it's a battle we face every day. Yes, there is the struggle between the flesh and the spirit that we've, we've got to work out. But messing up every once in a while isn't something that is removing me from God's grace. Yeah. And I would, I would say just as a, a comfort to our listeners, like, know that it's okay to ask those questions, you know, and to wonder Absolutely. those things. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, younger in my faith, and, and wondered the same exact things. Yeah. And it is healthy to wonder those things. It's healthy to look into your relationship with God and look for those answers. Yep. Because that really shows that you care about your relationship with Jesus and that you value it. Yeah. So don't be ashamed of that, but, but learn and grow through it and live in grace and do good works. Yeah. I mean... I- to, to personalize it with my story, when, when my wife and I were engaged, uh, she broke off our engagement. And, like, it was the hardest thing in the world for me at that time in my life to go through. Hmm. Uh, just to deal with that. But I will tell you, and she knows this, but once we got married, 
I had the fear that my wife would leave and, and do all that like for a really long time. And it was just hard for me. Like when my wife would go home <laughs> for, for, a, for a trip to Oklahoma and I'd be here in Texas, like I'd be scared to death that my wife would go. There's no reason for that. But because I, I had experience with that, that pain of, of rejection and not betrayal, but like just that, that relationship being ruined, mm-hmm. that it, it was something that I had to grow through. And I think that when people have a relationship with Jesus, sometimes they project bad relationship experiences from their past yeah. onto how Jesus would treat them. Yeah. And so you have a parent that doesn't keep their promises, doesn't keep their word. Uh, you have a dad who, who walked out on you, you know, or you've been in an abusive relationship, something like that, that you've been through something really hard. And so you're scared to death that God's going to treat you like a bad relationship has treated you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess more than me saying it, what, what would you say to someone like that? What, what would you say that they can know for sure about God that makes him different than any earthly relationship that we have? I think it definitely takes faith, right? And, and what putting our faith into God looks like is to say, okay, I, I trust that you are who you say you are. Yeah. But to put your faith into Jesus, I think that you've, you've got to read God's Word. I, I know we love that on this podcast. Yeah. But you've got, to, you've got to learn that God is a good God. You've got to learn what grace is and how God gives us grace, how He interacts with us as people, and, and learn these different pieces about who God is so you can put your faith in Him. So you'll know there's no way He's going to kick you out of the house, right? Like He told you in Ephesians 1, He adopted you. He, he's not going to tell you in Ephesians 2 that He's done with you. Like He's just yeah. going to keep telling you how much He loves you. Yeah. And But what really, those things too, but it takes time too. It, it, faith takes you also looking back at your life and realizing, you know what? God is good. God, God, God did provide for me there. Yeah. And you start to learn more and more that God is absolutely who he says he is. I mean, you've been a Christian longer than I am, but, but we could both say, I'm speaking for you, that we're still putting more and more faith into Jesus, right? Yeah. And, and you don't just start 100% trust, yeah. right? Then we'd be, ch- <laughs> if we started like that, we'd get the chariots ready. We're going to heaven, <laughs> but we don't, you know? And, and I can't quantify what our percentage of our faith is, but you grow in that. Yeah. And the important part is that you keep growing and in, in, in setting yourself up for success yeah. to, to grow that faith. So good. So good. So big takeaway from this podcast today is just revel in God's grace yeah. and just realize how amazing it is. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I preached a sermon on Matthew 8 years ago. And it's the story where Jesus sees the faith of the Roman centurion who he comes up and he says, Jesus, just say the word and I know my daughter will be healed, you know. And um, Jesus is astonished or amazed at his faith. And I use this line in there and I'll never forget it because it's meant so much to me. And I, I said, grace is what amazes us, but faith is what amazes God. Yeah. And when, when Jesus sees you truly have the faith that 
that he can do what he says he can do, that he is who he says he is, he looks at you and he goes, you're getting it. You trust me. And that's where, like, they go together. Like, us understanding God's grace enables us to have the faith that we need to put in it. Like, they have to be together. And that's why Ephesians 2, verse 8, it is by grace Mm -hmm. you have been saved through faith. And when we can do that, it really will change your life. It's not just for salvation. It's every day of your life. Be amazed at His grace and live a faith-filled life. Yeah, that's good. So thank you so much for listening today. We cannot wait to be with you again next week. Sayonara. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.